Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Hello and welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano, joined by the one and only AJ Hayfley. AJ, everyone in Denver woke up this morning and wondered two things. Why does the NHL hate us so much? And why do I live in a place where it snows like this in mid-April? Um, well, the first one is a valid concern. The second <laughs> one is, like, you live if you've lived here longer than, I'd say, two years, um, why are you wondering that? This is how it's always been. This is life. Yeah, I know. Why, why do we choose to continue living here? It's crazy that no one's moved. Like, and you look at like the Dakotas that are 10 times worse. It's like, why would you live there? Why would you live in a place? People don't. (laughs) Zing. I mean, like not, not like throwing bombs at North Dakota, but they have 700,000 people that live there. No, I know. Like it's a, that's a, lot of space that's just not taken up shout out to all of our wonderful listeners in the dakotas i know there's a lot of huge abs fans that live over there but it's freezing had to turn the heater back on in my car today i thought i was done for the year and what sucks (coughs) is we're probably due for at least one more of these things before we can actually say we're in summer um aj draft lottery was last night we did a show about it um I'm going to I'm going to say one last thing on it cuz I was thinking about it today. I woke up this morning, I was still angry about it. Um and I had people in my mentions and I was ready to start fighting people. I was just like, "You know what? Let's do it. Let's go. I'm I'm in a shouty mood." But you know, I I I realized what it is, AJ. Um we talked a lot last night about how much, you know, it sucked. Uh and I felt like we had kind of had a hard time articul- articulating like we all know this sucks. I just can't tell you why it sucks, but trust me that it sucks. And and here's what I think it is, man. And this will be the last we say on the uh, draft lottery. To me, it's just it's the um, 
patience, right? Everyone in Av's Nation has been told patience, 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 patience for so long. And it's like, all right, now it, it feels like we're here. The team is here. They've gone to the playoffs back-to-back years. There's prospects coming. They have one of the best prospects in hockey, not currently in the NHL. Nathan McKinnon's, you know, there's there's all these things where it feels like, all right, this is it. And last night was just someone telling all of Avs Nation one more time, be patient. This pick will be along in a couple of years. Just be patient. Avs Nation has been patient, and last night it was just one more time we had to sit and wait. And I think that was why it sucked so much was because it was just one more time. Someone saying, no, it will be really good. Just wait. And that's why I think it sucked. I think that's the last I've got to say on it. Do you have any final words on the uh, draft or draft lottery from last night? No, I mean, they're, they're in the playoffs two years in a row. I'm not worried about being patient anymore. It's go time. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. That's why last night sucked. Because it's it is go time, but here's yeah. something else you gotta wait on. Well, and Just, you're always gonna be waiting on something. You know? I can uh, tell you're trying to be positive in like the the wisdom here. But no, <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. And and I, mean, I Yeah, like like our whole episode last night was like the two of us, we were like kind of like moping around like Michael's hair <laughs> and arrested development. Like, oh, this sucks. Everything sucks. I work in a banana stand. And then it was like, I woke up today and I was like, hey, look, they're in the playoffs for the second second year in a row. The team is amped up. Miko Rantanen is healthy. He's back and he's ready to go. Uh, they're feeling good. They, uh, they're excited to get to Calgary. And, you know, AD is there already. And... You know, we got we got bigger fish to fry than than a, a draft of guys who aren't going to be in the NHL for a year or two. You know, outside of those couple of caps at the very top, <laughs> right? Which is what I'm talking about. And and and, and you're you're a, you're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. If that pick still belonged to Ottawa, then we would be in such a great mood. But that's I realized that was what it was. It was just the hockey gods getting one last show us your patience. Uh, before the Avs uh, hopefully start ascending in the standings. I mean, who's, who says that to somebody? Show us your – that's so rude. That's <laughs> I, so I agree. My, my patients are not to, for others to see. <laughs> well, they're going to be. They have to be on display. They were on display with Kale McCarr. Uh, it was <clears> – here's a player that's going to be great, but you got to wait. And uh, And I didn't mean for that to rhyme. But go ahead and, and uh, let's let's make a T-shirt out of it or something. This kid's gonna be great, but you gotta wait. Um, AJ, yeah, I am curious when when we're gonna make the Kale McCarr T-shirt. It feels inevitable at this point. Cake maker, can't wait. Um, yeah. <clears throat> AJ, those like, those like rosy red cheeks that he just like. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be adorable. <laughs> um, I wanted to put that out there on Twitter today. Avs fans were still just a little bit salty, so. This will be the official. We're going to put it to bed. You are allowed to be salty up until this segment. You're allowed to be salty up until the end of this segment. How about that? <laughs> um, that's when your salt has to stop. So, AJ, I'm going to go ahead and get started on that a little early. 
It's behind me. It's done. I'll wait. I'll get in line and I will take a number one more time for something exciting for the Avs. Um, but you hope that's it and you hope it starts tomorrow. The Stanley Cup playoffs, the Avs are a part of it for the second year in a row. And they've got the Calgary Flames this year. Um, a lot to be excited about about this matchup. Uh, the Avs have never seen the Flames in the playoffs. Uh, the Avs are playing through the, the Pacific bracket. So if things were to break their way, if nothing else, you get to see the Avs play against some other teams, develop some rivalries against teams that uh, that they haven't uh, in, in the last few years. It's going to be an extremely exciting matchup for the Avs in the first in the first round. Uh, AJ, for my money, I, I think this was a, a really good matchup for the Avs. I think this is a team that they're going to be able to line up with well uh, from a skill standpoint. Um, and we're going to go ahead and dive into where all the advantages lie. Not all of the advantages, but where the major advantages lie. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start with Calgary. AJ, this is a team 107 points this year. Huge, huge, huge step forward from them after missing the playoffs altogether last year. Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, Mark Giordano, uh, Dougie Hamilton. Uh, his name is escaping me for some reason. Noah Hannafin. Um, it's a roster with a lot of names. Where does this team hold the, the, the clear-cut advantage? Where is Calgary's biggest leg up? Uh, depth. I, I think two areas that they're really going to excel. Uh, the first one is depth, and the second one is agitation. Um, All right, well, let's talk about that depth first. You know, depth has been something we've talked a lot about with the Avs this year. Um, not enough. Uh, they had enough, and then they had injuries. There, you know, there's there's been a lot of different arguments made this year about the Avs' depth. You take a look at you know league scoring, and their offensive depth held up all right with other top teams. Why is it that Calgary is going to have such a leg up in that department? Uh, I mean, it's Colorado's forwards uh, really just aren't. Uh, they're not quite where you want them to be yet. Um. I would say that they've got five top six forwards that you feel comfortable with. Four that you feel really comfortable with. The fifth one mm -hmm. being Alexander Kerfoot, where you feel comfortable-ish. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you have a whole handful of guys that on any given night can help you out. Uh, but you're not relying on any of them. Mm -hmm. So... You know, for the Avs, that's that's an issue, and the feather in their cap of having a, a Tyson Berry is negated on the other side because Mark Giordano is even more prolific offensively uh, this year than Berry was, and provides higher level of defense. So uh, you're you're really, I think the forward core is really where the difference is going to show up the most. I think I've always felt this Colorado defense was a little bit underrated. Um, that their their ability to suppress shots and and adjust to opponents uh, is is better than we've really given them a lot of credit for as the season has gone on. You know they may they may give up a fifteen shot period, but they typically don't do it multiple times. Mm -hmm. You know when we uh, we saw. 
at the in when they had to go to St. Louis, you know, they they gave up 15 shots in that first period. They gave up like 12 shots on goal the rest of that game. Right. And they've done that to a handful of teams this year. You know, I mean, they this was a team that that held Buffalo to nine shots on goal for 52 minutes out of the 60 minute game. Right. You know, like this is I I think the defense is a little underrated, but I really think the forward core is where the depth is going to be a problem for Colorado where uh, Calgary's ability to come at teams in waves uh, with, with two, essentially two first lines. Like they've got two lines of guys uh, that, that can score and, and, and did score at a, at a high, high, high level this year. You know, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not talking about, Oh, they had a, you know, Here's here's a couple of, uh, you know, here's like a a forty point guy, and then all right, off we go. You know the the big thing with a guy like Mikhail Backlund is that Colorado has their own Mikhail Backlund and Carl Soderberg, the forty point guy that's your defensive stopper, but Mikhail Backlund is much 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 better defensively than Carl Soderberg is. Like Soderberg is solid, but Backlund is one of the better defensive stopping centers in the NHL. And then, you know, between an elite top line and then you have the ultimate X factor and Matthew Kachuk, who's absolutely the most obnoxious guy on earth, but he's also a point per game player. You know, Colorado Colorado just doesn't have that. Where Colorado has all the twenty all the twenty point guys, uh Calgary has 30 point guys, mm-hmm. you know, all of the depth is just that it's just a little bit better mm-hmm. uh, going all the way down the lineup. You know, you get into it. Um, and then, and then obviously the defense, you know, as much as I like Colorado's defense one through six, and I think they'll be competitive. Um, you know, you are going to worry with that Ian Cole, Patrick Nemeth third pairing that they're going to run out there. You are gonna, you are gonna worry. You do feel like Sam Gerrard and Eric Johnson, uh, Nikita Zadorov, and Tyson Berry; those two pairings, you feel like are gonna have a chance. They're gonna get, they're gonna win enough battles that they'll get theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they'll be competitive. Uh, you might, you might, they might struggle at times. I'm, I guarantee you, they're gonna struggle at times. But they're also talented enough. The ceiling is high enough that they're gonna get theirs. With Cole and Nemeth, you really don't know how that's going to go for, for the avalanche uh, going against the, the different forwards uh, and, and the different groupings that they're going to be able to, to, to play matchup hell with, with the abs, because they've got, they've got last change in games one and two, they're going to be able to dictate a lot of what uh, goes on in terms of what matchups Colorado has to live with and what they're able to get out there. All right. Now let's <clears throat> flip the script a little bit here. If you're the Colorado Avalanche and you're Jared Bednar, you're sitting in the room and you say, all right, they've got that going for them, but we've got the advantage in? Well, you have it in goal. And that's and that's going to be the big one, right? Like, and well, and I mean, how many times do we talk about, oh, well, you remember this playoff series where this, this goalie stole this or this goalie did that or, you know, Sergei Bobrovsky was terrible in this series, so Columbus was eliminated. You know, like you you remember those things. You remember the goaltending when it separates, when it's clearly separating uh, two teams, uh, and and what else? Everything else that happens doesn't really matter. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it just the the process is only so important, and then when it gets to the goaltending, you just kind of shrug and say, "Oh, well, all right." You yeah, know, like I'm, that's I'm, well, it, it's, it changes it's, the whole series. Right, I'll say it's a total wild card. You can get completely outplayed if you get a strong enough performance out of your goaltender. You could be moving on, even if you are outplayed. Um, yeah, well, and remember when Montreal upset Washington a few years ago, and Yaroslav Halak just decided he was done giving up goals. Right, and Washington was out shooting Montreal fifty to twenty every night, and Halak just wouldn't. He just wouldn't budge. He just wouldn't budge, and. That's, you know, that's the playoffs. Anything can happen with a goaltender in a short series. It's one reason why I think, you know, we, we look, Mike Smith is not very good. But in a short series and not over an 82-game season, Mike Smith can throw up five or six strong games in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at the numbers and you're like, this is where Colorado's going to have a chance. But... He's, I mean, this is, this is a guy that's had success in his career. So it's not like he's a total scrubbo here. Um, Now, if you're an abs fan listening to this, is the abs only hope Philip Grubauer, or I guess technically Semyon Varlamov getting hot? Their, their biggest pathway to success is through goaltending is, is, trying to win, you know, uh, a 4-3 game. Mm-hmm. You know, because you feel like, you feel like the Avs can, I feel, I, I feel like the Avs could, could play in that. Whereas, you know, some teams, if you get to three goals, it's, it's asking a whole lot for a team to get there. Mm-hmm. And I think Colorado can handle, I think Colorado can play in those waters. I think they can play in, in the 4-3, 5-4, uh, playoff game, um, and and really, if if Grubauer plays the way that he should, then you're talking four two. Mm-hmm. You know, you're that's it's going to have to go through the net, and I think Mike Smith is vulnerable enough that that's where you look at Colorado and you say this is where they're going to have the big advantage going in, and Calgary shot suppression isn't so good that it's going to be able to cover up for that. Right. Well, there you go. So, I mean, I, I think this is a series that's going to be exciting. Um, <clears throat> I think there's going to be uh, some back and forth. And and I, I what's funny is I remember, I don't think it was this season, I think it was last season, um, when the abs totally got in Matthew Kachuk's head. It was the complete, <clears throat> excuse me, reversal of what you normally see on a night in, night out. Uh, basis with him but I remember I think you and I were actually working the, the game together and we were laughing we were saying Matthew Kachuk is getting pissed because Miko Rantanen isn't biting on his his normal agitator stuff and we were saying you know <clears throat> there's a couple guys on the abs you could probably get to bait into that Miko Rantanen is not one of them and Matthew Kachuk actually single-handedly lost the flames that game last year I don't know if you remember which one I'm talking about I do. Um, so, I mean, I think that's definitely going to be something that that we'll be talking a lot about, the Avs' ability to to deal with Matthew Kachuk. And we are definitely going to be talking about it in our next segment 
as we're going to take a look at um, what key matchups. If the Abs are going to to have any hope in this series, I shouldn't say any hope. If the Abs are going to win this series, you're going to have to win those key matchups. Um, and we're going to talk about what those are and where the Abs will really need to be putting the pressure on and making sure that they're taking care of business. BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, We have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs a family-friendly atmosphere we have colorado beers on tap all the games on the tvs it will blow your mind with amazing barbecue segment number two here bsn avalanche podcast presented by total beverage want to remind you guys about that game-changing coffee over at strava craft coffee it is the cbd enriched coffee that has really changed lives and their reviews are incredible so make sure you check them out This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and it has even helped decrease anxiety. CBD is all-natural and non-psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we could not recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. Jesse Montano, AJ Hayfley here talking abs, flames. Game 1 gets underway tomorrow night. Uh, 8 p.m. Mountain Time. That is definitely the biggest bummer for us in this playoff series, AJ, is that it's all late games all the time. Yeah, you know, it's I'm, I, It's funny because during the regular season, I whine all the time about the 8 p.m. starts. And then the playoffs roll around, and I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I mean, it... it it's nice that all of them are at eight and we're not like in this rhythm of seven o'clock and then suddenly there's an eight o'clock. Um, so <laughs> or, I guess or it changes. Like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, here's a six thirty, and now you're at eight thirty, and then you're at seven, and then yeah, now you're at seven forty-five, and you're mm-hmm. like, what in the world is going on here? Like the whole series is just like you're gonna be up all night, dude. The eight thirty one, I think, okay. is is the one that I'm like, come on. Throw me a bone here, because that's that's an 11 p.m. finish. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's... That's an 11.30 finish. The 8 o'clock ones, yeah, it kind of sucks. But the 8.30, I'm like, come on, NHL. There's it'd more, be, than, there's nice more than one time zone in this series. Well, and it's really, it's kind of... I don't know. 
uh, the time zone thing I, or the uh, the the late starts have always bothered me, but they they stagger the games and then they want to feature Calgary. They want to make sure, hey, Calgary is a big part of, you know, they were the top seeds, Canadian team. We want to get them on Canadian primetime as often as possible, blah, 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 blah. And so it's like, all right, well, I guess this is how they do it. And mm-hmm. cool. AJ, um, Round two certainly won't be like this. <laughs> um, there's going to be a couple uh, couple matchups that are going to really kind of decide this. We talked a lot about the matchup of Mike Smith and Philip Grubauer. We don't need to get back into that. We know what's at stake there. Yeah. Give me give me the next two biggest matchups that you're going to be focusing on um, th- throughout this series that if the Avs want to hang on and win, they're going to have to win one or both of those matchups. Number one is going to be Mikhail Backlund against Nathan McKinnon. Backlund has had a long track record of success against uh, McKinnon and the Avs. Uh, as a as a two way guy, Backlund has always been a guy that can he can chip in solid offense, but his primary role is stopping opposing top teams forwards. Uh, but he, against the Avs, he has been able to take advantage of the fact that Colorado's top line uh, this year in previous years, he would not only shut them down, but he could turn it into offense because they have never been very good defensively. Mm-hmm. He's really just taken it to Nathan McKinnon in his career. He's really owned that matchup. And when we saw it practice today, when we saw that Rantanen was going to be on the line with Soderberg next to next to Colin Wilson, and Kerfoot was going to be with um, Landis Gog and McKinnon. Mm-hmm. That the whole point of that is, well, Mikhail Backlund can't play against both of them, <laughs> right? Or he can try, you know, and he's going to get really tired, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but. It's it's going to be one of those maps, one of those lines is going to have to take the top Calgary line in response, and that is going to be a, a very, very important matchup. If it ends up being Backlund and McKinnon and Soderberg uh, against Monaghan and Gaudreau, then those are, you know, those are key matchups right there. Uh, mm. That I'm going to be keeping an eye on as the as both coaches try and get the favorable matchup there. You know, Bill Peters is going to want to get Backlund out there against McKinnon as much as possible, and uh, Bednar's going to try and avoid it. He's going to try and do what he has to to get away from that. And you might see some of the double shifting we saw from McKinnon where he goes down onto the fourth line for a shift, and he plays in between uh, Andrew Ghetto and Calvert just for the shift, you know, mm-hmm. and something like that where he, he sneaks him onto the ice, and then Calgary has to make the choice. Do I throw Backlund out there to match up? And then, uh, you know, okay, great. You you matched up Backlund's line against the fourth line. And then Colorado will will throw McKinnon back out there with Landeskog and Backlund won't be able to counter. Right. So that's going to be kind of how does Jared Bender find ways to get McKinnon on the ice away from Mikhail Backlund? Um, and then, I mean, and I, I guess it's possible Calgary could just say, hey, we'll go Monaghan against McKinnon and we'll take our chances backlund against Soderberg. I think that would be a bad call um, because it, it erases the advantage that Calgary has there. But they could, I mean, you could always just go top on top and say, hey, our, our best against your best 
And uh, let's, you know, let's do this playground style. Well, and Calgary's definitely got the advantage there because, excuse me, games one and two, they can test that out. And, you know, they'll have the luxury of being able to match and, and, uh, you know, last change and all that. So they'll really be able to kind of fine tune exactly what they're wanting for those first couple of games. Um, Mentioned Matthew Kachuk in the last series series segment. You also mentioned him. Uh, I mentioned a game where, hey, you know, he really seemed to struggle um, doing his thing against the abs last year. And we talked a lot at that time about uh, about Jared Bednar and his ability to kind of be that calming influence and the nothing kind of rattles him, just kind of stay focused, keep playing your game. How much of that do you think is going to play into um, how the abs perform in this series, their ability to stay in control and, and follow the lead of their coach? Well, there's really only there's really only a couple guys that you worry about because Colorado has some cold blooded cats. You know, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Rantanen. Like Rantanen's not a guy. He's just, okay. You know, <laughs> right? I don't know that I don't know that um, there's any proof whatsoever that Carl Soderberg's actually human and not a cyborg. <laughs> so, um, I mean, good luck good good luck getting under that guy's skin, right? You know. Um, JT Comfer, another guy that he gets he gets involved in altercations all the time, and so what? You know, his reaction is just like, "I right, cool, right, cool, 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 cool." So, um, you know, there's there are some guys. You know, Sven Andrigetto was surprisingly effective last year as an agitator. Uh, we thought Ryan Hartman was going to be a problem from the Predators, but Ryan Hartman couldn't control himself. Because all he wanted to do was see the the demise of Sven Andrigetto. <laughs> you know, so if if Andrigetto is able to continue and play that role a little bit, then you know that's that's an extra little feather in his cap as as a guy that can make a difference in a playoff series, just from an agitation standpoint. But I mean, coming going up against Kachuk and and James Neal and and Sam Bennett, I mean, those guys are not pleasant individuals to play against mm-hmm. uh, those guys are all guys that have reputations and uh you know and and hollowed out knees from years of use um you know Zadorov and Cole are gonna have to they're gonna have to watch it they're gonna have to to, to stay cool um you know we even saw Mark Giordano in a meaningless game game 82 uh went out of his way to run Connor McDavid and you know almost almost hurt the guy right. Did hurt the guy. Didn't hurt him. We thought we heard it. We thought he hurt him worse. Did hurt the guy. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's you're gonna have to watch out. Like they're 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 a competitive team that doesn't give an inch, and they they play with an attitude up and down the ice at all times. You know that you know you don't you're not worrying about like Johnny Gaudreau getting after you, right? Like that guy that guy will just smoke you in a million other ways. But they have so many guys that you're just gonna. The way I put it to, at pra- I said I mentioned this at practice today was if Avs fans thought PK Subban in the playoffs last year was annoying, they are in for a completely different level of obnoxious with Matthew Kachuk and company coming. Into this yeah, series. I have a feeling uh, Kachuk is going to be hearing the boo birds at Pepsi Center every time he touches the puck by the end of the series. AJ, last uh, last matchup I want to ask you about. Mentioned his name just now, Jared Bednar uh, and Bill Peters. 
This is Bill Peters' first trip to the postseason, maybe the first time in his career, uh, in his NHL career, Jared Bednar has had the experience card in his back pocket. What do you make of this coaching matchup? Uh, I think it's it's two guys with everything to prove. Um, you know, Bill Peters was a guy that the analytics community was really behind because the process that he had with Carolina the last few years was really good. It was really effective. Um, they just didn't have quite the high-end talent to, to push through. Uh, he gets to Calgary, and he brings that same effectiveness, but he has the high-end talent along the way. And they're the most consistent team in the NHL this season. And they go from, uh, you know, a middling Western Conference team to winning the Western Conference mm-hmm. with ease. Uh, they didn't They didn't have a bad month all year. They didn't struggle. Uh, they didn't have any extended losing streaks. They didn't have any major injuries. This is a team that faced no adverse, no meaningful adversity throughout mm-hmm. the regular season. And the Bill Peters challenge is going to be, if Colorado comes out and punches them in the mouth and stuns them early on uh, in, in game one or game two of this, of this series and, and wins one of those games in Calgary and they lose the home ice advantage, how, is he, how does he right. keep it together? How does he get a message across to his team that they need to stay cool, they can't panic, they've got to stay patient and blah, 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 because... Uh, you know, Ranton in, in his interview with the media today mentioned it. He said, hey, they're the number one seed. They won the Western Conference during the regular season. All the pressure's on them. Nobody's expecting anything from us except ourselves. So, you know, there's, there's no pressure on us to do anything in this series. Uh, we get to go out there and just play our game and play freely. Whereas, you know, Calgary, if, if, Bill Peters with with no playoff experience and very little postseason experience in general for this Flames roster, those guys go out there and if if Colorado gets on them early, remember Colorado had the first goal in the series against Nashville last year uh, before before power plays and penalties changed those games. But if Colorado goes out and punches them in the mouth and they weather that storm and they stun them early on, uh, how they respond is going to be a huge part of the series. You know that at some point they'll counter punch, but how long does it take? How long, how, how much damage can get done from the abs before Calgary is able to get up off that mat? As I use as many <laughs> boxing cliches as I can possibly think of, uh, because they've not, they've not been in this position and in his first year as coach, you know, Bill Peters, they didn't have to deal with any of that adversity during the year. They didn't have to have any closed door meetings they didn't have to have any quote unquote come to Jesus mm-hmm. conversation. There was none of that during the regular season and trying to find yourself in the playoffs is not a recipe for success. So if Colorado could put them into some turmoil and lean on them, put the pressure on them and like really put the pressure on them, I think that they'll have a they'll have a legitimate chance to do something in the series because a team a team that has not had to do any of that all year um that they're going to be uncomfortable. They're not going to know what to do. And the abs have been through just about everything that you can imagine this season. And so there isn't going to be a situation where Colorado gets into it, where they say, Oh man, we haven't been here before. What are we going to do here? You know, they've won 10 games in a row. They've lost 10 games in a row. 
they've gotten blown out. They've blown people out. They every every major in-game situation that you can really imagine, Colorado mm-hmm. has lived through this year. And that's not true of Calgary. And I think that'll be, you know, that that experience. If Colorado is able to create some chaos and they're able to make Calgary uncomfortable, that's not a team that's had to deal with it. And I think Colorado will have a shot. Well, there you go. That is what to be looking for. That is where the major advantages lie. We'll obviously update that as the series goes on. But when we come back, it is prediction time as games are already underway for round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. AJ and I are going to give you our definitely 100% accurate predictions on the other side. (laughs) BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Frosted Leaf is Denver's most innovative dispensary. What I like about Frosted Leaf would probably be their knowledgeable bud tenders, their online kiosk, their online ordering, and then just pick up at the store. And then they're always getting new genetics as well, so that's always cool. Like Edgar mentioned, Frosted Leaf gives you no lines, no weight, and a self-paced direct shopping experience that allows a fast yet comfortable transaction without the awkwardness of a waiting room. Not only does Frosted Leaf have the hottest strains, but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases. I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help. Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today. Third and final segment, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Jesse Montano, AJ Hatefully here. Talking playoffs. We gave you a full rundown of what to expect from Avs Flames. Now we are going to look at all 16 teams, all eight matchups, and we are going to make our predictions. Uh, AJ, we're going to start out east, and we're going to start at the top. The best team in the NHL this year, one of the best-looking regular season teams in National Hockey League history, according to the record books, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Wow, what a great year from them. Um, They ran away with the President's Trophy. They pull Matt Duchesne and the Columbus Blue Jackets in round one. The Blue Jackets desperately just trying to get in, and their reward for making it is getting the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, They are already underway. Three to one Tampa. Um, I believe at the second intermission there. What's your uh, winner and number of games prediction for this series? Uh, I've got Tampa Bay in five in that series. I think that's a pretty good call. Um, maybe the most con- I that's me saying I agree with that pick. Um, maybe the most and I don't know if controversial is the right word, but the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs are both in, I believe, like the top seven of the NHL, yet they are facing off in the first round. Um, Boston is to Toronto what Pittsburgh was to Washington for many, many years. Do you think that holds true again this year? Is that just a hurdle Toronto can't get over? No. You think Toronto finally uh, exercises the demons this year? I do. I've got Toronto in seven. There you go. In seven. Give everyone in Toronto a heart attack, why don't you? 
Defending Stanley Cup champions, Washington Capitals pulled the Carolina Hurricanes. How can you not be uh, on the human level pulling for Carolina just a little bit after you see some of those reactions uh, from their fans after they clinched? Yeah, I mean, if there's a fan base that should uh, that should be, uh, you know, well versed in in that kind of empathy, it should be the Avs. You know, watching another fan base uh, experience just just happy being there. You know, right. the the joy of hey, we're we're finally back in this. This is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, do you think Svechnikov and the Cinderella Hurricanes have what it takes to knock off uh, Ovechkin in the Caps? I do. I've got Carolina in six. Wow. Wow. That would be, that would be quite the upset, especially uh, on a Stanley cup defending bid from the capitals. Um, Your Islanders similar to the flames in that nobody picked them to be here. They weren't in it last. Were they in it last year? No, no, no. The Isles were not in it last year yet. They are near the top of their division. They have the Pittsburgh penguins in round one. Uh, are you nervous at all about your boys? Yeah. This was the Why? matchup I didn't want for them. Um, because if they if they get into any kind of run or gun, if their structure breaks down even a little bit, and they the game starts to open up, they don't have the guys on offense to, to keep up. They don't have, you know, going against Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel, and Gensel, like that's tough sledding. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got the kind of defensive structure to make life miserable for those guys, but trying to do it game after game after game, I just don't know. Um, you know, we've seen the recipe for beating Pittsburgh is you've got to be able to play both ways. You've got to be able to handle both versions of the pens. Uh, you've got to be able to, uh, play a, a the tight checking defensive game, but when they're really clicking and they're on, you've got to be able to skate and you've got to be able to run and gun with them when that's what that's what's required and the aisles this year are successful doing and they're very successful doing just one of those things uh when it's when it's all structure and it's all neutral zone and it's all uh defensive layering and um you know they're able to they're able to clog things up and they're able to slow opposing teams down and not let them get their legs moving and and create anything at all in, in any kind of transition uh, or rush uh, attempts, then they're able to they're able to manufacture enough offense to be dangerous. But they're they are not good enough to just get up and down the ice uh, and play that kind of style. And they'll have to win at least one or two of those games in the series in order to do that. And I don't think they're capable uh, of of that. So there you go. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. I do think Um, it's going to be a fantastic series though. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, abs fans should also keep an eye on it because they've got three pending UFA forwards that, um, would make a lot of sense for different reasons in Colorado and, uh, Jordan Eberle, Anders Lee and Brock Nelson. Nashville, Dallas. Um, I, I honestly, uh, you go ahead. I'm going to go through after and give a quick uh, prediction for me. Nashville and Dallas. Um, I've got Dallas in six. 
Seriously. I have I, heard that upset more than anything. I think the Dallas Stars are the worst team in the playoffs. I uh, they, they might be, but they're also the hardest to score on. And uh, if they're able to successfully keep it at a 2-1 game, um, then I think that they're going to – uh, they're going to be as dangerous as anybody. And I think Nashville is the perfect team for them to be able to do that against uh, because they don't have game breaking talent up front. They've, you know, they've, they've got guys that are okay. Like Arvidsson and Forsberg and, and Johansson are all good players, but they're not game breakers and their game breakers come from the back end. And that's is, is in my opinion, that's not going to be good enough. They're not going to be able to, manufacture enough offense from the from the back end uh, to handle it and their offensive depth is just not nearly good enough to break through against um, the wall that is that defense and then that is the Jim Montgomery structure and their goaltending has been exceptional if that continues I've got Dallas <clears throat> see I all those kind of fluky trend things uh, that that are complete out of nowhere anomalies. I, I throw them right in the garbage for game one to see if you can do it, to see if you can keep it up. Um, Cause it's, it's, it, it's so hard. I, I would be shocked if Ben Bishop continued to do what he did in the regular season over the course of seven games against, against one team. I just, for, for me, Dallas is the worst team in the playoffs and, uh, and, and, Ben Bishop has played outside of his mind all year and they barely got in and they barely got in. And you got an, like a, a, a Vesna caliber performance from two goaltenders and you barely snuck in to uh, me. Yes. That's, that's hard to talk myself into them getting past the first round. Yeah, I just they got the right matchup. Um, any other matchup, and I would not be picking them. But they uh, they got the one team that I think their style is going to play well against, and that's the only. I, I mean, I have them losing in the second round to any other team in the NHL. So mm-hmm. um, I think this is just the one that they, the one team that they are going to be able to uh, keep in control. Uh, Winnipeg and St. Louis. God, what a mess of a series. Um, <laughs> I've been picking St. Louis in seven, and I have this is the one series that I feel absolutely zero confidence in because I have no trust in Jordan Bennington, I have no trust in the St. Louis Blues. I think the St. Louis Blues defense has skated by. Uh, with their nonsense all year because they got an insane goaltender performance from a guy with no track record of it. Like it's one thing that Ben Bishop played really well. Okay, well, Ben Bishop's played really well in the NHL before. But Jordan Bennington was a guy that's, I mean, he's not a top prospect. He's not particularly young. He comes out of nowhere purely as a necessity because they did such a poor job building their team over the offseason and building – their back line, their defense, and their goaltenders, that they had to get bailed out by this out-of-nowhere guy. And they did. And and he played the 30 best games that he's ever played in his entire life at the highest level. And it was it, it's completely insane. And I feel like I'm on crazy pills that everybody is looking at the Blues like they're a super dangerous team. 
you want to talk about a, a, a something that I just don't think is going to continue. It's Jordan Bennington being dominant. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I mean, Ben Bishop at least has a history of being a really good goaltender in the NHL. Injury prone, but good. And his backup, I mean, Anton Kudobin's had a very good career. I mean, but Jordan Bennington, I mean, what the, where in the world? So consider me very skeptical. Um, of I'm, You just can't convince me to buy into the this, this St. Louis Blues team. That said, I'm absolutely glad that Colorado did not have to deal with them because no thanks. <laughs> I think right. they're really good up front. I think their forward core is really, really good. Uh, but I think that defense, you know, Petrangelo and Pareko are both great. Bo Meester has had a respectable bounce back. Uh, but the rest of that defense, you know, I think Vince Dunn sucks. Joel Edmondson, those guys, I just don't think they're any good. I really don't. And then they're being they're being backstopped by a guy from. I mean, this is this is Andrew Hammond without the cool nickname. So <laughs> you know, I just I just don't buy it. I really, I honestly just don't buy it. Uh, I, it's possible that this is the real deal. And Jordan Bennington is our new overlord, and he's going to win five Besnas over the next couple of years. But I'm, boy, am I, I'm so skeptical that this continues in the postseason for Jordan. So it Bennington. sounds like you're taking the Jets. I'm taking the Blues in seven, and I have no <laughs> confidence whatsoever. That's so funny. Because, um, I mean, the Jets, keep in mind how bad the Jets were the last 30 games of the year. They. Yeah. They had the Central Division locked up in January, and somehow that thing turned into a race. They weren't any good down the, down the stretch. Uh, they were fighting. We, we, I mean, we watched Dustin Bufflin freak out in front of everybody in Pepsi Center in Game 81 of the season. Right. You know, right. like that. They have major chemistry problems. If it was if 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 it wasn't for that, I'd be buying the Jets to go multiple rounds. You know, if if I'm right about Dallas Nashville and the Jets get by the Blues, the the Jets should easily be they should be cakewalking into uh, the uh, the Western Conference Finals against the Avs. <laughs> uh, well, let's jump into that Pacific bracket: Sharks, Knights. Um... The Knights fell off there in the last couple of weeks of the season, but I still stand by my assertion when you watch this team at full go playing in T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, uh, that's going to be one of the toughest teams to beat in the uh, in the playoffs this year. Uh, I think there's going to be – I think they're going to have an attitude problem. Uh, I think things I came a little that. easy for them in the, in the postseason last year. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to matter that. much. Because they're going up against Martin Jones, and I think Martin Jones is the worst goaltender in the postseason this year. Mm-hmm. Um, even behind Jordan Bennington, just because he doesn't have the same kind of voodoo doll nonsense going on as Bennington. Would and you put it behind worse than Mike Smith? Would you put it behind Peter so, Morazic, though? I, I yeah, I would honestly. The Martin, I think Martin Jones set an NHL record this year by giving up the first goal like a record number of times. Uh, and then giving up goals within the first five minutes of games. And the Sharks are so good and so well-built that they they were able to sustain and they were able to get away with that um, in the regular season. And, hey, when you, play, when you play a ton of games against not very good teams, you can get away with that. But they're playing a monster in Vegas that's had their number. And I think uh, I, I've got Vegas at six in this one. Last one here. 
We talked all about it. Give me your prediction, Avs, Flames. Uh, I've got Calgary in five. That seems to be the pretty um, popular opinion on Twitter. Uh, I agree with you on Tampa. Uh, I agree with you on um, Toronto. I've got Washington in six. I agree with you on um, Pittsburgh. I've got Nashville in five. I've got Winnipeg in seven. Uh, I've got Vegas in seven, and I've got the Avs in six. That'd be fun to to clinch At game home. six here in Denver, and then wait for the winner of San Jose Vegas. And I I I think Vegas Colorado would be such a fun series, right? And and I I think. There's just enough experience from the guys that carried over last year that remember how much that sucked getting bounced in the first round. Uh, And I think you saw that experience down the stretch. They were able to get in. They backed in last year. They didn't leave it up to anyone else this year. Um, I think this is a team that that is getting their engine revved up at just the right time. I think they're hot. Uh, And I think if Philip Grubauer stays hot, if they don't beat the Flames – I think they're going to give them everything they can possibly handle. Um, for me, you know, it's it's one of those things I've I've watched this game for long enough that usually when when a team kind of comes out of nowhere and they're on these insane, um, you know, year long anomalies where you know Calgary was out of the playoffs last year, they had like a thirty point bump in the standings. Like we talked about earlier, nothing seemed to go wrong for them. No major injuries, no significant losing streaks. It was just good feeling after good feeling. Um, At some point, that stuff comes to a halt, right? That was why everyone watched with such amazement last year when it just seemed like it never happened to Vegas because it always does. It always comes to an end. Uh, Again, you think back to 13-14 with the abs, and every year there's an example of a team that goes on a surge to the playoffs, and – and usually falls short. And to me, it's like, why not? Why isn't it Calgary this year? Why can't we have nice things? Um, so that's- and it very easily could be. If Colorado, like I said earlier, man, if Colorado can get in their grill and they can stir up some chaos. Um, well, that's just they, it. I mean, you, they, they have an absolute opportunity to make this happen. You look at last year. You did it against a veteran, a veteran team that had been to the Stanley Cup Finals. You know they were coming back. They were hungry, and and you did it to them, and you almost knocked them off their game. And so I think if you can do that on a team that's just trying to navigate these waters for the first time, and if you can knock them just off balance enough while you're in Calgary. Uh, I think if you come home and 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 you have a chance to take a lead in a series or or something like that, boy oh boy, uh, look out! I think this this Avs team has just enough experience from from going through all of it last year that um, they can be dangerous. Uh, I, I don't feel great about that prediction, but I think uh, I think there's a chance. There's absolutely, I mean, there's absolutely a chance. I just. Um... The uh, my the only reason I have the uh, Flames winning it, kind of walking away, is because Colorado has had a tendency to let things snowball on them when it does go negatively, um, and I'm 
I'm not buying that they're as resilient as last year's team was, which I was all in on as there's no way these guys are going down without a fight. This team has shown a propensity to to go down without a fight at times, and that makes me nervous. Uh, and in the postseason, I'd like to believe that that won't uh, come back to haunt them, but I think that they're just a little bit short still um, on both experience and talent to 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 overcome all of the obstacles that Calgary in particular presents. Uh, honestly, and this is going to be a really dumb statement, but for me, uh, it comes down to Calgary. I think, uh, like I, like everything I just said, you know, and, and it's much different and I get that and I'm not drawing direct parallels, but you look at that 13, 14 abs team and you say, you know, that was a team that was coming in with a ton of weapons. They were willing to do the run and gun thing. They were running teams into the ground. Um, and, and you get into a series and a lot of that just fluky stuff just stops. You just can't do it. You just can't replicate it night after night against the same team. When you're getting the same looks and the same matchups, a lot of that stuff usually comes to a stop. Um, maybe it doesn't, maybe they're like Vegas last year and they blow through the abs and everyone else in route to the Stanley cup finals. Um, but if that's the case, you don't feel too bad about it. Um, if you get just yeah. blasted by a team that, that runs through everybody, then, Hey, you're just like everyone else. But, uh, I don't, man, I don't see that happening for this team. I, I think the abs are, are hot. And I think that they, um, are going to be able to pull on a little bit of that experience from last year. Uh, and, and obviously Philip Grubauer is the linchpin, right? If, if Philip Grubauer is hot, yeah. all bets are off. Oh, absolutely. Like if Philip Grubauer is going to continue to play at a 950 pace, Colorado's probably winning multiple playoff <laughs> Well, there you go, AJ. Like, like not even, not, I'm not even like being sarcastic or kidding around. Yeah. Like that's that's just reality. If if Grubauer is continuing to make every single game a three-goal game and it's first to three wins and he, and he never gives up that third goal, Colorado is going to have a serious opportunity to win multiple rounds. But it's going to take Philip Grubauer being – like well, like exactly what he was special, like special. Yeah, I mean, like there's it's beyond special. That's 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 better than he was better than in his prime, Dominic Hoshik over those last ten games. Like that's the level he was playing at. We were seeing truly, truly dominant goaltending. Well, he wasn't that uh, lucky. I wouldn't necessarily compare him to Hoshik. I don't know if the luck was quite the same as Hoshik. Okay, we're not getting into this. <laughs> We're not. This is this is like our favorite like bar conversation. I know that was my AJ and I we're, were sitting we're in the. I, I guess that was technically the green room of the uh, NHL awards last year, waiting for Nathan McKinnon to. Uh, you know, we're waiting for the the night to start. The room is filling with some of the biggest names in NHL media. Uh, you know, Bob McKenzie, Elliot Friedman's coming in, and AJ and I are sitting at the front of the room screaming back and forth our different arguments on Dominic Hoshik. Uh Like front row, right in front of everyone, NHL awards, we're in Vegas, everything's about to start. And AJ and I are having this weird debate about how much Dominic Hoshik did or did not get lucky. Yeah, I mean, the idea that a guy could get lucky for like six years in a row is... that That's a lot of luck. Anthony Niemi's done but, it. Different kind of luck. 
Yeah, his luck was continuing to be employed, not being the absolute best ever at his job. <laughs> I'm just saying, your statement was no guy could ride luck for six years. Anti Niemi would would say otherwise. All right, a, di- a very different level of luck. His luck was. I'd won a Stanley Cup sometime. That made me eminently employable for the better part of a decade. Right, right. And Dominic Kocic said, <laughs> I'll just lay down across the goal line and people will panic and shoot it into my armpit. Different types of luck. Over, over and 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 over. I, I joke, yeah. obviously. You look at Dominic Kocic's numbers in the Hall of Fame. I, I'm obviously joking, but you do watch some of those clips and you're like, hey, what is going pull on? it out of the blue. And just flip it over him. He doesn't know where it is. And you watch hey, some of that, and it's like, dumb. holy. Right, right. It's like, hey, stop. <laughs> Change. And, right. and and you and shoot somewhere else. Right, right. And so that's that's why I make the joke. Cause you watch some of those clips and it's like, were, were you just panicking? Were you scared? Like, oh, he's down. If I just keep jamming at this puck, eventually it'll go in. His arm will fall off. Right, yeah. And so that's why I make the lighthearted joke. Uh, and I know it gets under AJ's skin a little bit, and it's always fun uh, conversation. Yeah. I'm not getting into this. <laughs> AJ, let's go ahead and bail out of here for the day. Uh, playoffs start tomorrow, guys. Um, yesterday was disappointing. It's fully behind us. We are we are all in on this year's playoffs. Uh it looks like a huge uphill battle for the Avs, but if you guys come out, game one sold out minutes after the Avs clinched. So you guys are going to be there. You guys are going to be making noise, and that means the Avs have a chance. Uh, I could not be more excited that, that we're back in this time of year. Uh, even if the Avs get bounced immediately, you know what? I'm not going to say that this year. I said that last year. I was just happy to be there. I want the Avs to win this year. I want the Avs to beat the Flames. I want the Avs to get out of the first round. And uh, and I think they've got a chance to do it. Uh, I picked them in six. Hopefully I'm not wrong, but um, I do, man. I think I think this was a matchup that, that was made for the Avs to get out of the first round. I don't know why. I can't explain it. I can't tell you what the, you know, what it is, but you just look at these teams. And to me, I think the Avs match up. Um, pretty well over the course of seven games. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. We'll be talking about it every step of the way. For Adrian Dater, who is on location in Calgary, and AJ Hayfley, who is on location here with me in snowy Denver, Colorado, I am Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. Talk to you guys from the playoffs.